The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. The BS Report. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. Hello, everyone. We're in Austin, Texas, South by Southwest, uh, doing a slew of podcasts. And uh, Rember Brown is available. I'm here. Because he works for Grantland. <laughs> I don't know how we got him. Um, we have a bunch of guests coming up, though. Uh, you'll see many of the names in the YouTube clips. But you just met Obama, who's the biggest name in the world. I did. We want to just jump right into it? Yeah, let's jump right into it. You wrote a piece on Monday about um, riding Air Force One with President Barack Obama. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was one of those things when I was writing it. I think that was one of the first moments it actually kicked in when I had to write out. Like, not only did I get to talk to Obama, but I got to talk to Obama en route to Selma. Yeah, and I got to talk to Obama en route to Selma on Air Force One. I was like, oh, that actually happened yesterday. Yeah. That was my Sunday, like reliving Saturday, which was like a, a top three moment. I don't, know those, three. I, don't, I don't know what those other two moments, like probably prom. Uh, One probably involved some girl. Yeah. And then Obama. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't. It wasn't St. Prince at the Jordan party? <laughs> Jordan brand party? St. Prince do five encores. You're welcome. <laughs> Prince, <laughs> the way Prince would end his songs over the All-Star Weekend at his show was he would just say, you're welcome, which is the greatest way. I'm going to end every podcast that way. You're welcome. <clears throat> you're welcome. It's even cooler, though, when you are, like, 5'1", and you're, like, maybe a top 10 living guitarist. Like, it really works when, like, I don't know if it will work as well. So he's just surrounded himself with females now. That's, like, his new... Wait, wait, are we talking about Obama? Are we, yeah, we're talking about Obama. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, let's go back. Let's circle backwards. So um, you get so the uh, Obama's people decide that they're going to take five journalists with them. Yes. From Virginia to Selma. Yes. And you were invited to be one of the five. Yeah, I got. I was at the office. You were at the office in New York, yeah. and we were on our way to lunch. And I just got an email from the White House. Yeah, which I've I've not gotten before. So yeah. I uh, I did the thing where I sent her an email back, telling her that asking her if I could call her back um, after lunch, which I thought was kind of like a, a dumb, like it like a power move on my part. Like it's I, total power like move. I, I have you know I have, some, I have a job. Yeah, uh, and she wrote back immediately and was like, "Can I call you <sighs> back in two minutes?" Mm. Which further let me know. That this was maybe a serious thing, and she like she laid it all out there from the from the jump. She was like, "We want to know if you have time in your schedule to talk to the president on Air Force One en route to Selma, and I need and I need an answer in in a couple hours." And you said, "I'm single and I don't have kids." <laughs> I, was like, I'm in. I was like, "This is this is this is what I want," and it. Well, can we go for the your backstory with the Obama? I've 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 so many backstories. Like I, I have the backstory of applying for a job and not getting it, in large part. Well, you kind of almost did get it. I almost got it. It was it was around the same time I got this job. I was I was desperately trying to leave grad school. Like I was trying to do whatever I could do to leave grad school, and one of those things was apply for a job as a blogger. For his reelection campaign, and later I this found, is 2011. Yeah, it's 2011, summer 2011, and I later found out one of the reasons that 
I may not have gotten that job was <clears throat> when I had my own personal blog, I like wrote some stuff where I was kind of making fun of Obama. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like just, uh, just, you know, treating him like a pop culture figure. Like, like making fun of his basketball yeah, game. Just like, just yeah, just like, and that, some, somewhere along the line that may have gotten red flagged as someone that we might not want aligned with the campaign. So, so if they had hired you... And then one of the sites that loves to kind of push buttons would have been like, Obama hires political yes. blogger for yeah. a campaign who made these five jokes yeah. about Obama. He also doesn't have a birth certificate. Like, they probably would have done that. <laughs> right. But, um, so yeah, I was, I didn't get that, and that was like a month before I, I started freelancing here. Yeah. So this is like, this is, this is like August 2011. Yeah. And before that... I, when I was in college, I worked on the, I worked on the Hill for Ted Kennedy and Ted Kennedy, one yeah, of my favorites. Teddy, like the, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, can somebody drive it home? <laughs> Come on. No. Nope. making Ted Kennedy <laughs> no. jokes for 30 years. No. I can't make that joke with you. Hey, uh, <laughs> we used to, I just had this poster in, in uh, college, this picture frame of the three Kennedys, uh-huh. Robert, Jack, and Teddy. And they're all dressed up, and they're outside, and they're, like, walking somewhere, and, and one of them's talking, and we used to just make up fake dialogue for the picture. <laughs> so Marilyn's in the back room. Anyway. Ted? I love Ted. Me too. Ted? Giant head. Ted? That's exactly what I was going to say. Hugest head Biggest head I've ever, ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's like a boulder on a tiny hill. Like, so right now, because we've lost Ted now... We can talk uh, about him. He Al, doesn't Al, care. Al Sharpton has the biggest head I've ever seen. Oh. Living. He has the l- largest living head. But before that... Well, Barry Bonds for like five years had it, but then but it went back to normal size. We're talking about natural size. heads. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about n- no, no help with how big that head is. Anyway. Yeah. Obama. We're talking about Obama. Um, yeah. So you're just saying you're political back Oh, yeah. History. Yeah. And I, I was working in D.C. on the Hill, a bright-eyed sophomore in college when he announced... He was running for president, and I used to just like wander the Senate and like see if he would ever be in his office. Mm. That was that was like four months of my life. So yeah, there was a lot of build up to getting that email. And you've had, you know, a, a I don't want to say love hate relationship, but you, it hasn't been a hundred percent approval uh, rating from Rembrandt Brown no, no. over the last there, seven there, years. There have been there there's have, been some frustrating there moments. There have been some frustrating moments. Some, you know, the the same way, you know. People that <clears throat> love you or you love, you know, disappoint you. And like me and Belichick when he didn't re-sign Darrell Revis, but that, I got over it. Say, exact same analogy. Yeah. <laughs> me and Obama, you and Revis. Uh, yeah. No, you and Belichick. Um, but yeah, so, but still, every, even, even when I begin to falter, he does something. And I think deep down he knows he can still get everyone. Yeah. He does something. Like, 80% will come back and be like, that's my guy. Well, we were both disappointed that he kind of sat out Ferguson for the most part. And yeah. that, that, to me, at the point of, the, of his, it's year six, basically. Yeah. I, just, I, I didn't like that. You didn't like it. Which informed But now he's moved into second semester senior year Obama, which I love second semester senior this year Obama. Is, like, it's at the point where I'm surprised he's even wearing a suit. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, like I'm not. I'm surprised he's not wearing some like one of those Pajamas. one of those Urban Outfitters shirts that has his yeah. face on it. Just like <laughs> it's incredible. Like I was, I was trying to give some 
insight into kind of the mood on the plane. Jovial. Just, just relaxed. Yeah. Like, 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 you would never guess they were en route to a right. very serious event yeah. in which he had to make, like, one of, probably one of the landmark speeches of his second term. And a place that gave him the best picture of his term, of his, uh, of both 100%. terms. That and picture was awesome. That's like incredible. a big framer. He'll put that over his Dan incredible. and wherever he ends up. But we, so we were, we were on the plane for. Well, wait, wait, hold on. Okay, let's. So now they have to do a background check, right? You have to hold the secret information that you know that yeah. this plane is taking off at this point. They told me Only not to. like 10 people know. They told me not to say anything. We even kept it quiet within, yeah. within the site because right. not, not out of fear of someone would say anything. But like when the White House tells you to like keep stuff on the low, you you know, so. I, at this point I'm already assuming they're reading my text. Since ever since I got that email, I was like, okay, so they they're just gonna be following me up. I noticed Saturday. a black car outside of my house for about forty eight hours for him. <laughs> they, they, when I when I asked you if I could do it, that they also that helicopter. You. I was like, what helicopters? Uh, so yeah, we had to keep it very quiet. And of the things I've had to keep quiet in my life, that was of the hardest ones. Mm. Uh, just not being able to just like walk outside of our office and tell everyone what I was doing. Uh, I went to D.C. on Thursday, and people were like, why are you in D.C.? And I was like, oh, I'm going to Selma. And about half of the people just said, oh, okay. And then everyone else was like, why didn't you just go from New York? And I would just be like, ah. Then you're like, why all these questions? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why, why are you in D.C.? Yeah. like, I live here. I'll go where I want. <laughs> yeah, just shut up. Um, but... So that it got actually by like Friday it got fun. Yeah. Because I was I was I was getting antsy. It was like I just I want I want this to happen now. So the plane's the biggest thing you've ever seen. The biggest in your life. thing I've ever seen. Like it's a like UFO spaceship kind it's, of like it it genuinely looked like like everything was a little more swole than a normal plane. Like the wings looked like they had muscles. Ah. And like the like the body of the plane looked like it was jacked. Like it just it looked like it had swallowed another plane. And it was, you know, <clears throat> we got dropped off in the shuttle, in a shuttle in this Air Force base, and it's just, like, the only thing you see, and it takes up your entire, like, scope. Yeah. It's like, wow, okay, they're about to actually let me get on this plane, which is which was another recurring thought. Like, I can't believe they're letting me get on this How plane. How many steps was it from, like, the bottom all the way to when it, you walk it in? Was, like, it 50? Was, it was, like, 30. 30. Jesus. And they have, like, a separate... They have a separate stairway for like where the family. That's on. That's like a mile down the road on the other side of the plane. The family and Jay Z. And Jay, yeah. <laughs> they get to go on. They get to go on the other side of the plane, which I never. Like we we watched like the first family go on the plane, and it felt like they were in another universe. Was like ten percent of you hoping Michelle was just going to come on and be like Rembert? Well, with, I mean, I just want to say I love Rembert explains. <laughs> I, the cocktail was excellent. <laughs> cocktail one. House seats five. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to house seats four? <laughs> Is house seats four coming out? But the the mood was so mm. relaxed. Yeah. I was starting to prepare, pre- prepare myself for who else might show. It was it was getting really sitcommy. 
mm. where there was this there was this hallway, and we never knew who was going to come into um, into our cabin until they appeared. And see, Kevin Hart was in place. St- he's just. Look at this plane! It's so big! <laughs> so much bigger than me! Uh, <laughs> this plane! <laughs> Dude! <laughs> the first two people that came in were both people from the cabinet that I that I knew. Yeah. I, that I knew of. Susan Rice, the national security advisor, and Valerie Jarrett, his like personal aide. So I started off two for two. Yeah. I was like, who else is? We should mention you more tie. Which I respected, and, and I thought that was the right move. I brought six ties with me, and I I felt like I was going on a job interview. Right. And that was siphoning all of my swag out. Yeah. Like, the fact that I was like, I felt like I was going to be like, like my voice was just going to start trembling. So right. I, I needed to psych myself in, I, I needed to feel, you feel like, like you were I interviewing for a ninth like, grade hey, prep school or something. Yeah, like I felt like Possibly, I'm, at, yeah. I'm at, yeah, not at Andover. Yeah, uh, but so yeah, it, I felt, I felt like it gave me like ten more years of experience. Like yeah, I've, I'm, I've been on this plane before. Yeah, it's it's a lot of just like lying to yourself. That yeah. was, the whole experience was just li- me lying to myself, which helped. Because it went well. And acting like you've been there before, even though you've yeah. obviously never been there we before. We talked about that. Yeah. That was my one piece of advice to you. Yeah. Act like you've been there before. I, I, even though that's impossible. <laughs> no, it's completely impossible. The worst thing you do in those situations is just be like, oh, and seem like you're a tourist. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think the one thing that helped me, and I've, I've written about this, is how like, one of my few cardinal rules when I'm dealing with famous people is to never ask for a picture. Yeah. So having, I mean, having that mentality helped me in that scenario. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go talk to him and then I'll go back to my seat. This is, this is, how, I, this is all, how I always get to Alabama. So did you get to talk to him before you asked him the question? Like, was there interaction? So this did happen. This, is, this, this feels like an alley-oop what you just gave me. Uh, when I walked in... We we were being we were being introduced by um, by name as we came in. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> there was this guy Josh Josh Ernest. He was one of the press secretaries. He was coming in and he would be like, "This is Rembert Brown," and I shook his hand and I said, "I'm Rembert Brown from Grantland." Put it in his head. Yeah. And then he goes, "Oh, I love Grantland." Yeah. I like. I immediately checked my uh, bank account to see if I just like immediately gotten a raise after doing that. Like, like my direct deposit came in. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was big. Yeah. Uh, because no one else. I mean, I wanted him. There were some things that I wanted to implant in him before he answered my question. Yeah. I wanted him to know where I worked. So, because I thought that might frame trigger something trigger something or frame what the audience is or frame how he answers it and you could see that you were young which is a good yeah and in my question like one of the freakouts i was having because i had this question but i had written 50 iterations of this question i was like which is what you wrote about uh i wanted him to know I didn't need him to know my exact age, but I wanted him to kind of have a sense of 
my relationship with his presidency. So I, I said in the question uh, that he, <clears throat> somehow that, I, that he had been president since I was in college. Yeah. So that, even though that doesn't give a specific age, he has a sense of, if I'm at, because I'm asking this question about, that, that's very much a, general, a generational question about, you know, the idea of going into politics and, you know, wanting to say what you feel or do what you want, but not always getting to do that because yep. of all these outside factors, you know, I wanted him to have the context of why I was asking that, you know. Did you feel like he had a look on his face like, I'm glad somebody finally asked me this? I think, like, it, it was the one answer, and all, I mean, <clears throat> all the questions were good. They were... They all, most of them felt like questions that he already had talking points for. Or he had heard in the past or some variation. Uh, So this, even though he was very comfortable answering it, it felt like something that he got to use a different part of his brain for because there wasn't, that's that's not in the same family of questions that you prep for when you were only being interviewed by people typically 20 years older than me. I liked your backup question. How would you compare and contrast you and Reggie Love to Simmons and House? (laughs) If we we went around again... (laughs) (laughs) Is House your Reggie Love? Or is Reggie Love... No, there's some way to say that. Anyway. I think uh, that, speaking of, I... Reggie Love has... Reggie Love versus House. You know how we talk about how Ahmad has all the stories? Reggie Reggie Love has more of them. Reggie Love has... I don't know if he has more, but he has a different collection of all the stories. Like, between Reggie Love and Ahmad Rashad, those are all of the stories. I would say he's on pace to become this generation's Ahmad. I can see that. How old could he be? Like, mid-40s? Reggie Love? How old is he? No, Reggie Love's like 32. Is he that old? That young. That young? He's, yeah. He's only a couple years older than you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I guess he, you're right. Yeah, I mean, at, at most he's in his mid-30s. But yeah, like, right. that's what it is. Yeah. He's in his mid-30s. But so, yeah. So you're on the plane for like 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. We, you're going <laughs> 1,200 miles an hour? We're just, just passing by states. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot this part. In, in all of the things I didn't know about traveling on Air Force One, one thing that I learned, you have to pay to go on Air Force One. It is, it is a plane. No with, freebies on Air Force One. It is a plane with a seat, and like all other planes with seats, you got to pay for it. And when... We'll, sh- we'll cover that. <laughs> appreciate Don't that. Don't you pay for it. <laughs> I really we'll appreciate that. that. I kept that receipt. Expensive. <laughs> We got uh, it. But yeah, that was, that's just not something that ever factored to my brain, that, that, that it's like a real plane. But yeah. So then you land. You're we, in Selma. No. Oh, you're close to Selma? We, land, Selma? we land in Montgomery, uh, which is like an hour away uh, from Selma. We land on like another Air Force base. Yeah. And then we, we go down the... The stairs, and there are these 
four Nighthawk helicopters oh. waiting for us. Oh. Which is now stage two of me pretending like I don't mind air travel. I forgot. You wrote about this. I don't like being in the air. Helicopters I, are a little freaky. It was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and it was also like, <clears throat> I'd never really been in a, like a killing machine before. Yeah. Like they, they look like they just like, do, like end communities. They, they just like, just come through and just, right. they, they don't look friendly. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was like, again, I was still in like trying to be cool mode. So when we sat down on our seats were like these little, these little things that I thought were mints. And I was like, I just like kind of scooted it over. Uh, it was sad, and then yeah. I realized, <laughs> I realized there were earplugs. And I said, I wasn't really paying attention. And then I saw everyone just like quickly. And I was like five seconds too late because the thing started. It was like the, the loudest, loudest, the loudest thing I've ever uh, heard. And yeah. Louder we're, we're, than the Hawks crowds lately or no? Even louder than the Hawks crowds. Wow. Even louder than Cal Corver hitting a three. And the crowd going. Hitting a backbreaking three with two <laughs> minutes left. So yeah, it was, and we were just like kind of, you know, you could see the other helicopters. Uh, so we take those to, like, outside of Selma. Yeah. And then we get out of the helicopters and we file into probably like an 80-car motorcade that takes us directly to the bridge. And that was also very cool. And you'd never been there, right? Had you? I haven't been to Selma. No, yeah. I've been to Montgomery. Um, I was trying to think back if we went on like a class trip or something because it's not that far from Atlanta. But no, I'd never been. And you know, they. <laughs> this was like actually very funny. When, so, the motorcade is going and it drops us off at the foot of, like, steps away from where he's making the speech, right in front of the bridge with the entire crowd. Um, and <clears throat> as soon. Like, they told us this in emails. They're like, once you're in Selma, you're on your own. Like, we're not taking you back. It's like the, what's that movie, The Surge? No, The, 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 the Purge. The Purge, yeah. The it's Purge? like, it's over. Like, it, it's, like that's it. And yeah. so I, ha- I had that in my mind, but they very much meant it. Like, as soon as we got our bag out of that car and uh, like, stepped away, like, I turned around and they were all gone. Like, I tried to send an email trying to, like, get into a different section. No reply. No. Yeah. Like, it was, it, they were just like, we got you here. Like, don't ever call us again. Like, we all changed our numbers. They were all burners. <laughs> so that was, like, very funny. But I, I loved it. It was, it was amazing. And then, you know, the speech, speech yeah. was great. Really good speech. Uh, there were a ton of people there. Like, there were so many people there. Uh, but, yeah. And then I... Then you drove got, got to ride Atlanta. with Kang. Jake <laughs> Kang, got to ride with Kang, <laughs> who, so, another historical figure who's, yeah. who's gotten better in age. <laughs> Jake Kang, God bless him. Uh, this was actually now funny for about twenty minutes. Like kind of, ex Grantland writer, now New York Times Magazine. Writer J. King gave like me calling a, him an ex Grantland. I don't like that either. I take that back. How about original Grantland? Original. Yeah, original. OG Grantland. Fir- first wave. First wave Grantland. J. King mm. gave me a ride to Montgomery. 
because that's where he was staying. They're like no, there's there's like some was as big as this room. Yeah. Um, and so there are no hotels. Yeah. Uh, so most people were uh, staying in Montgomery, which I can't imagine is Manhattan either. No. Yeah. Also, there are two ways to get to Montgomery, and one is by crossing that bridge, and the bridge was closed. So there was one uh, way to get to Montgomery. Uh, and at that point, I was, as we were driving, I was like, well, I'm in Montgomery. I'm really close to, and it was like <clears throat> 10. Yeah. It's like, I'm really close to, like, my mom's house. Like, I, I should just get there instead of, like, that would, that would be a wasted being in the South opportunity if I didn't, like, get to say, hey. So I found another friend who was going all the way to Atlanta so he picked me up. How do you find friends who are like? This, I, that's the part about you I'll never understand. I, I'm, I, I, I'm it's not like really. You're like, you're like a walking Craigslist. I'm just like, I, I just, I, he, hey, I, oh, I had, you're going to Atlanta. I, I got a too. lead. I got a lead. I'm a good reporter. I, I, I follow leads about yeah. my own travel really right. well. Uh, so now I'll send you on your way to Atlanta to see your mom. Yeah, but there was like this 20 minute window when Ke- when Kang left, and my friend Matthew picked me up where I was just sitting in this diner in very rural Alabama. Uh-oh. And I was like, I really hope my friend Matt comes because I don't want to be in this diner forever. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Not a sponsor of the BS Report. <laughs> the rural diner. <laughs> the rural diner. So then so you yeah. went to Atlanta and your mom had no idea. Didn't tell her. I told her I was going to Selma but didn't tell her anything else. And she was very happy with me. That was like a good, that was a good son moment. I was like, Mom, I got you a certificate. It's nice when your parents are proud. Yeah, it was really good. And I showed her the certi- certificate. They gave you like a certificate. Like, if it, no disrespect to the White House, like this is like, it was like a very clip art, cheesy looking certificate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this thing, this thing is not, like, it was just straight up Times New Roman. Yeah. <laughs> just Microsoft, like. Didn't uh, even go Helvetica. No, just, uh, and. But I showed it to my mom. She was very happy. And then I started putting it back in my bag. And she was like, no. Like, that's mine. I was like, you're right. It's like a diploma. She took it. I like it. That's her, that, that's her certificate. So that'll now be, like, I'll just, in the living room? or Yeah, it'll be above my all of my uh, consolation tennis trophies and um, fourth place three-point contest <laughs> basketball trophies. My dad... <laughs> My dad, uh, there's a bathroom in the first floor of his house when you walk in, mm-hmm. and they have like four things framed of me in that bathroom. So you just can't <laughs> escape that I'm related to them anywhere you go, even when you're taking a piss. And it makes me so mad. But that, I guess that's what parents do. You can't, br- I mean, you're going to do the same thing. I'm, of course I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, my son's probably going to be a professional wrestler. but <laughs> He's going to have his title belts everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, here's what Ben won the Intercontinental title. The eight and under Intercontinental <laughs> title. <laughs> here's what Ben won the Royal Rumble. Uh, well, that's a great story. Yeah. It was, I mean, that's, that's uh, you'll remember that one 50 years from now. That'll, that'll, that's not going anywhere. It's, it was really interesting to, like, I think it'll, I can openly acknowledge it is not sunk in yet. I think it will, like, in two weeks. That, just that process of it happening and then, turning around the next day and 
writing about I it I can't all. wait for you to lose all object, objectivity toward Obama in the last 18 months now. Because he, he's in now. He's you're, you're in. Oh, yeah? Get suckered in. Yeah. You're like in the entourage now. Yeah, I mean... How can you? How can you, how could you ever think anything other than I really, things about him? It's going to be again. really hard for me to say something bad. I'm going to try though, because I'm, I'm a serious Push yourself. journalist. Yeah, this is what sports teams do. <laughs> it's like NBA teams, like with the local bloggers. Yeah, you know the the GM will take one of them out to lunch once. It's and like how, write forty straight flattering stories like how, about them. How every everyone has like Beats headphones on. It's basically the yeah. same thing. That's what Obama just did. He, That's true. He, 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 he neutralized me. Like, That's what Obama's going to do in the last year of his campaign and stuff like that. <laughs> Give everyone Obama beat. beats. <laughs> He's going to start monetizing it. Based on the, the relaxed nature of that play, I would not be surprised. He just like, comes out with like a barbecue sauce he did line. He mean tweets on Kimmel last night. He's, this is, like, that was kind of ballsy. If you think about it, the, <clears throat> even though he has a year and a half left, once... Everyone's only talking about the election. Like his window of being like the thing that matters is goes up until everyone is only concerned with the elections. That's like a couple months. So it's going to be the most fascinating post presidency career. Yeah, like I'm really interested to see what happens. And I think his wife could end up becoming the new Oprah. Basically, I think she could have this Michelle morning could do show. It. I could see her at the 9 a.m. morning show just. Killing people. Michelle's in game. M- Michelle's like long game might be cooler than Barack's. Right, right now she'd have the most watched morning show. She'd snap her fingers, set. Yeah. An announcer, she's ready to go. I would with a five rating. She just hooks up with Shonda and they just take over. Oh my the god. World. <laughs> By that time, Shonda will be president. Yeah, that's true. She'll at least be president of ABC. Yeah, that, of every, that hasn't every happened show yet. on the network. I think she yet. basically is. Yeah, she's she, she shadow president. Can we talk about your experiences with South by Southwest since we're at South by Southwest? Yes. Your first one was 2012, 2012. and you had an awesome time, and you wrote some great stuff. A really funny thing is for people to talk about how much they are over things, like ah, oh, South by Southwest, like. It's so blah blah. I, oh, they're kicking the corpse. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, so many brands, like, whatever. Like, I this is like one of my favorite weeks. I'm gonna pour some sparkling water as we talk. <laughs> wow, that's Obama. That's sponsored by Obama. That's Obama water. <laughs> I'm also at the tail end of my term, and I also don't care. <laughs> that's funny. Um, Thank you. I love this weekend. It's a nice way to get out of... It's still cold in New York. What's wrong with this weekend? There's nothing there's wrong million, with it. There's nothing people wrong with here, it. And there's tech and music and movies. And, like, why would anybody not like this? I, I, run, into, I run into friends. Saw Yoshida last night. Yeah. Like, just, like it, it's, it's amazing. I, I, barbecue. I'm wearing, barbecue. I'm wearing Cigarettes. shorts. We, we, we won shuffleboard, like, yeah. four times yeah, yesterday. Yeah, Jacoby. Yeah. <laughs> just out there taking names. It, I, I love it. I, I don't, I. Well, also, Austin's the best. Austin's great. It's, like, real. It's the one part of Texas that they actually should charge state income tax for. The I, other places, no, but here, I think they could get away with charging more. I do like Dallas a lot. Really? I like Dallas. I don't get Dallas. I just need somebody to really walk me through why I should like Dallas, and that hasn't happened yet. I've been there twice. Yeah, Houston, you know, no disrespect to Shea Serrano. 
it's a, it's a, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it takes a while. Uh, it, it's not always as warm back to you as you would like it to be. It's a little spread out. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like L.A. without the weather. Like, like you remember the All-Star game in Orlando, how everything was spread out? Like, and then they had it in Ludicrously Houston. Ludicrously so. Same thing. Uh, but no, I love this weekend. I like being, I like. We never talked about San Antonio. Now they're going to get all mad. I don't think San Antonio can be raided with the other cities because, uh, you know, it's, but, tra- it's trapped in 1989. San Antonio, just terrible. But Oh, not terrible. Water, but, the water, wait, what was it, the waterfront? Oh, yeah, the waterfront. Uh, the thing about San Antonio, the sneaky great thing about San Antonio, it's not terrible. The sneaky great thing about San Antonio, an hour from Austin. Yep, that's great. Uh, margaritas. Yeah, riverboats. Didn't mind the food. Yeah. Uh, all right, we have to go. We're going. Um, Rembrandt Brown, congrats on another career highlight. Hey, just knocking them off. One we should year. mention you have a, your own podcast. Yeah. started I'm, a few months ago. I have my own podcast, Rembrandt Explains. Rembrandt Explains, you explain uh, stuff. Uh, I'm, do, I'm doing some, some panels here. Uh, yeah. I, I still write. I don't know, I'm just, I'm just out here being a Grantland employee. Yeah. That's what I do. All right, make sure you expense us for stuff. Don't be afraid. Okay. <laughs> For the, for the Air Force One. <laughs> All right. Uh, more from South by Southwest coming up. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that should be his sign up for everything. Thank you for downloading the BS Report with Bill Simmons. Too much fun. Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at Pod Center at ESPNRadio.com. Peace out.